So example number one, most famous Mansurul Halaj says, Anal Haq. He says, Anal Haq. This are in Arabic known as the Shathat. We call these ecstatic utterances. This is a statement that he said when he was not in his full senses. This was not a proclamation of his aqidah or his creed. He was not trying to make a theological statement. He was speaking in a state of spiritual ecstasy. It was an experiential statement. I'll explain this to you in Urdu. That sometimes there are different ways. Abhi Urdu mein karta. Sometimes there are different ways. Urdu part aara. Sometimes there are different ways of doing zikr. Wobi I to explain to you actually the difference in these different tariqas, the differences in different ways of doing zikr. For example, some one methodology is to focus on zikr of the tongue, another methodology focuses on zikr of the heart, one methodology says we make zikr using the sifati names, another methodology says we make zikr using the ismizat, one methodology says that we will make the zikr of Allah, Allah first, and then la ilaha illallah. The other methodology says, no, we'll make the zikr of la ilaha illallah first, and then the zikr of Allah. And all of these different methods, they lead to the same summit, the same peak, if a person travels the whole journey. But if a person gets stuck anywhere on the way, or while they're traveling, there's a slight difference. Because they end up on the sunnah wilayat. You see, the sunnah is the real thing that binds all of these ulama and awliya together. But it's only when they reach that sunnah. And some of us are works in progress. Some of us are travelers on the path. So obviously the nature of the path that we're taking sometimes is But as long as that rang is not against the shriya, no problem. So, Mansura Halad said, Anal Haq. Haan, the zikr Urdu. So, ek zikr ka tariqa ye hai ke aap pehle la ilaha illallah bolte rahe. And that is called nafi. That is to cut your heart from its connection with ghairullah. Because when you're saying la ilaha illallah, it means la marhubi illallah. There's no object of my ragbat except for Allah. La matlubi illallah. There's no object of my talab. Ragbat, there's nothing I yearn for except for Allah. Nothing I tell him, nothing that I seek except my talaq with Allah. La mahbubi illallah. There's nothing I capital L love except for Allah. La ma'budi illallah. And there's no being that I worship except for Allah. So a person when they recite la ilaha illallah, they're cutting themselves off from ghairullah. When they cut themselves off from ghairullah and the zikr is used and prescribed precisely for this reason, to take us out from Muhammad of dunya, the unlawful loves of this world, slavehood to our nafs, slavehood to shaitan, all of those things we talked about yesterday. Then a person feels that, okay, I've wiped the slate clean, it's like a purification process, and now I will adorn my heart with the remembrance of Allah. So then they shift and they start doing the zikr of Allah, Allah. So they start doing zikr of Allah Ta'ala's name. Now when a person does this for five, six, ten hours for several days or months, Sometimes they reach an experience, the experiential state. It's not a hakiki state. It's not an existential state. It's not the reality, but it's their perception of reality. When they're in fana, their perception is that because they've negated everything else, and they've lost themselves in the remembrance of Allah, so just imagine, close your eyes for a second, imagine that you're in that, then open your eyes. And when you open your eyes, such a person opens his eyes, what does he say? He says, Ye bi Allah, wo bi Allah, tu bi Allah, may bi Allah. 
Because when he opened his eyes, he was so lost. He opened his eyes out of that zikr. In the zikr, he was so caught up in the remembrance of Allah. Like if you have a dream, you have a little dream, and when you open your eyes, you look around, and for your initial reaction, your initial state, is as if you're in the dream. When somebody opens their eyes and says, I'm in Makkah. Actually, you're in Karachi. Right? But you were dreaming that you were in Makkah Mukarama. So this person, when they were deep in the state of zikr, they reached fana in their zikr, they had made themselves oblivious to everything other than Allah. So in a moment when they open their eyes, whatever they see, they just think it's Allah. It's not the reality. And even the perception is just an incorrect perception. You're not Allah, I'm not Allah, this is not Allah, that's Allah, this is a wrong statement. Ye be Allah, wo be Allah, tu be Allah, may be Allah. But they weren't making it as a statement of theology, it was just a... Re- a reactionary expression that came over them when they immediately came out of that state of zikr. So in Arabic, these are called shathat, ecstatic utterances. And Mansur al-Halaj, when he calmed down, when he realized, I don't know, I'm back in the world and the zikr is finished, right? Then he recanted from that. His own sheikh, his sheikh, Sheikh Junaid Baghdadi, is the one who signed his death sentence. And told them that, look, because what you have said on its face value is kufr. And therefore, the punishment for that apostasy is death. Now, interestingly, right, according to the fiqh of apostasy, when a person repents from the apostasy, you no longer apply the death penalty. But both Shaykh and Murid, both Imam Junaid al-Baghdadi, rahimahullahu ta'ala, and... Mansur al-Halaj felt that in order that the people would not get misled, would not go astray, better that he be afflicted with the punishment of apostasy. So that people realize that this ecstatic utterance is wrong. So Mansur al-Halaj was killed. According to Islamic court procedure, he was killed. And he was nakis. This was a nakis statement. This was a weak statement. It was a sign of his weakness, the inability to make the journey from Fana to Baka and to Sof is viewed as weak. But the English literature celebrates this, that it is as if he was the greatest wali ever. Because he attained union with Allah. There is no union with Allah, there is Fark. The doctrine of Fark is absolutely critical. Fark means separation between Khalik and Makhluk. And that separation can never ever change. Even in Jannatul for those for all of eternity, there will be a fark. Allah is Allah, Banda is Banda. Nothing can ever, ever bridge this gap. But sometimes a person has this perception when they negate everything and they negate even their self and they're so lost in the remembrance of Allah. Dumansur al-Halaj was such a person. 